Thank you, Shirley. That was beautiful. Come thou fount, I surrender all. Thank you, Eddie, for leading worship, and Coy and Kevin for your devotional words this morning. And, and uh, I'd be remiss to not thank the ladies who put together the donut breakfast this morning. That was also a lovely treat, a great way to start off the Sunday. It's been a great day already here at Hartford Christian Church. Uh, today, we're going to begin a new series. I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the service that we spent a few weeks talking about letting God lead our lives and how important that was that God be the one that is uh, who we follow, not ourselves, not the world, but God is our leader. And we're going to kind of sort of do the follow up on that for this next few weeks. We're going to talk about what it means to listen to God. We're going to talk about learning to listen, that God is, in fact, speaking to us here today in this very room, and we're going to look at the different ways that he speaks to us through his word, through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, and through his people. And we're going to look at how we can kind of tune our ears to hear the voice of God better. But as a way of introduction today, we're going to sort of just talk about what it means to actually hear God's voice. Our theme verse comes from Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. It says this, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That comes from the time where Jesus transfigured himself before Peter, James, and John. The voice of God rang out from the cloud and said, This is my Son, whom I love and am well pleased. Listen to him. So it's important that we learn to listen to Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are in this place today, and we're thankful that you are speaking to us through your word and through your Holy Spirit. So God, may you open our hearts and our minds today to what you have to tell us, and may we listen, and may we obey, and may we follow you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listening is one of those important communication skills that everyone has to learn. It affects every relationship that we have. John C. Maxwell tells a story in his book called Leadership Gold. Now, he calls them rednecks. He says a couple of redneck hunters. We'll just call them good old boys. So a couple of good old boy hunters went out in the woods, and one of them falls down to the ground. Well, his friend is upset, panicked, worried what's happened to his hunter buddy. And so he calls, he gets the cell phone out, and he calls 911. He says, help me, help me, my buddy has just died. And the 911 operator says, calms down, says, sir, calm down, calm down. Okay, we can help you out, we can help you out. First, let's make sure he's dead. There's a silence on the phone, then all of a sudden the operator hears a loud gunshot go off. And the redneck comes back to the phone and says, all right, done it, now what's next? He heard what she said, but she didn't re- he didn't really get what she was trying to convey. And sometimes that's the way we do when we listen. Maybe we listen, but we're really just trying to wait to talk. Anybody do that? You're waiting for somebody to finish talking because you've got something you need to say. Have you ever talked to somebody that you knew was not listening? That they even asked you a question that you had just answered? Any parents in this room say amen on that one? <laughs> and, and it's one of those life skills that we have to learn, to 
to listen to one another. And it's even more important as a follower of Christ. You see, because listening to Jesus is critical to being a disciple. Listening to Jesus is critical to being his disciple. We have to learn to hear the voice of Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28 says, this is Jesus speaking, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Jesus says that if you are truly one of his sheep, you will hear his voice, you will know it, and you will follow him. But that kind of begs the question, what do we really mean when we say, hear God's voice? Do we mean that God audibly speaks to us? That his voice comes out from the clouds and and they part and he booms and thunders and speaks a command to us? Well, God certainly has done that in the past. God conversed first by speaking to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He spoke with them one-on-one. He told Noah to build an ark and he promised Abraham a son. He spoke to Moses in the burning bush and then later on on the Mount Sinai when he gave him the Ten Commandments. The voice of God spoke out. Paul, while he was still being called Saul and was persecuting the early church, heard the voice of God on his way to Damascus. It stopped him in his tracks. He was blinded by the light and he heard Jesus speaking to him from heaven. And these were all audible voices. The people that were hearing the message understood God's voice. But what's interesting is if you look at those passages of Scripture where God speaks out, the people often around them didn't hear that voice of God. They heard thunder or they heard the mighty rushing waters. Psalms describes the voice of God like that. And so they were often confused at what they had just heard. Most of the time they were terrified. When the people of Israel came to the mountain to get the law from God and and God's voice thundered out from the mountain, they fell on their face and they said, woe unto us. Do not speak to us. We can't take it any longer. And so they asked Moses to go and speak to God for them. They did hear audible voices. And this is supported by the essential belief in Christianity that God is actively involved in his creation. This is essential to believing as a follower of Christ, is that God didn't just set us off into the universe and wish us well, but that God is involved in each of our lives, that he, he is working through his spirit in this world to draw people to him through the proclaiming of God's word, through working through the circumstances that people are going through. God is active in, our crea- in, his, wor- in his creation, in our world today. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Psalm 19 verses 1 and 2 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God, and the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak, and night after night they make him known. Creation itself speaks to the existence and the glory of God. 
God is speaking to us through the world that he created. And while it certainly is possible that God could speak audibly to you, we have to remember that in the Bible, we're covering about 4,000 years of history. And the amount of times that God audibly spoke to people was actually pretty sparse. It's really just a handful of times. Most of the time, what we talk about when we say, listen to God or hear from God, what we really mean is not that God's going to have an audible voice and speak to you from heaven, though he certainly could. It's not without possibility. But what we usually mean is that you receive a deep conviction or an unexplainable peace. Usually we're talking about a deep conviction about what God's will is, what God is leading you to do, what God's directing your life to do. Or he's giving you peace in a situation that you just would not normally have peace. It can't be explained. Scripture goes on to say, excuse me, Billy Graham went on to say, uh, as an answer to the question whether or not God speaks to us verbally, he said that it is possible for God to speak to someone in an audible voice, but typically we're talking about a deep inner conviction about God's will. No matter which way he chooses to communicate to us, it reveals God loves us, he knows what's best for us, and he wants to show it to us. In fact, when we come to Christ, God himself comes to live within us by his Holy Spirit. And one reason is so he can guide us. So we're talking about knowing in your heart what God's leading you to do. God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. And how do we know that what we're hearing is hearing what we're hearing is from God? That's important to know. Because God's word is what really is our guide on that. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, talks about that unexplainable peace that surpasses understanding. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love that verse. Because sometimes following Jesus does not make sense in the light of what we're going through in our world. Sometimes we've gone through so much pain and trouble that all we can do is hold on to that faith. Have you ever met somebody that you were just amazed at how they were able to keep their faith in the Lord because of what they were going through? It's that peace that surpasses understanding. It's that deep conviction about God's will. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. So we need to be listening. Because God wants to lead. And he wants to direct. But he wants us to hear him. And when you're listening for God's voice, it's important to remember that God's voice will always agree with his divine nature and his holy word. God will not speak to you through prayer or through circumstances or through Christian individuals. He will not tell you to do something that's going to contradict his word. His word is living and active in our lives. So if God tells you to do something, you can verify that it's a part of God's will by studying the word of God. And it's not going to go against his nature. 
God is not going to tell you to do something that contradicts who he is, his divine nature. It's going to be in agreement with those things. So if you feel like God's leading you to do something, check and see, does it go against who God is? And does it go against God's word? If it's in agreement with those two things, then you could very well be getting a message from the Lord. God will not tell us to do something that contradicts who he is and what he has clearly revealed in Scripture. So many people will claim that God told them to do something. And the thing that they're wanting to do flies in the face of who God is. They absolutely are doing things that go against God, but they say, well, God made me do it. If someone hurts someone else because God told them to, they're listening to the wrong voices. God will not tell you to do that. So the question could come up then, well, what about Abraham? Okay? Think about the story of Abraham from Genesis. When he was given the message that he needed to go take his little boy, Isaac, up to the mountain and sacrifice him. That was a message from God. And it was a message that involved human sacrifice. How does that square? Because there have been plenty of people that have done harmful things to their kids. And it hurts me to even say it. Because they say that God led them to do that. Well, there's a few things we need to understand about the Abraham story. The Abraham account in scripture. One, we're talking about Genesis chapter 22. This is long before God revealed who he was in his full scripture. We have the full counsel of God right here. We can look through all of God's word and learn about who he is. In Genesis chapter 22, none of this had been written yet. None of this had been written in the time of Abraham. So God had not revealed himself through the law to Moses or through the prophets. He had not revealed all of that yet. All Abraham had to go on was that personal walk with God, hearing God's voice. Abraham knew very little about God's nature. The thing that he did know, though, was that God was faithful to his promises. Hebrews chapter 11, the the Hebrew hall of faith, tells us that Abraham reasoned that if God tells him to lay his son on the altar and sacrifice him, after he'd already said that all of the world will be blessed through your son Isaac, Abraham reasoned that God's just going to bring him back to life. Because God will not contradict his promises. He is faithful to the things that he says. And Abraham knew that. So he was able to go up onto the mountain with Isaac and prepare for the sacrifice because he wanted to be obedient to what God was. And of course, we know, if you are familiar with the story, what happened. He goes to lay him on the altar and God says, stop. I was testing you. I was making sure that your faith was truly in me. And he provides a ram to take the place. And so we have the account of Isaac and Abraham as an example of the substitutionary gift of Jesus. This is something that God used to point the way to our need for Jesus to take our place. So God was teaching a powerful truth through that. Sadly, we do hear stories today of parents hurting or even killing their children because they said God told them to. But God has already revealed that he hates the shedding of innocent blood. So I say it again. If you feel like God is leading you to do something that contradicts his word or his nature, 
and is not your voice to listen to. Sometimes people attribute just crazy things to God speaking to them. I was talking to a minister uh, in a Facebook group that I'm in, and he said that a lady came into the church one time and asked to use their phone, and she called the police department in another state and told them she had information about a dead body. Then she hung up the phone. The minister said, we got an interesting return phone call after that. Police department wanted to know what was going on. I worked with a lady one time who told me that she was reading the Bible, and it was was this passage in Habakkuk chapter 3. And it was this passage that said, God came from Teman. And she said that God revealed to her that Teman was this planet in another solar system that God was originally from. And that God, while she was reading the word, had told her these things. I kind of looked at her and I was like, I haven't really studied Habakkuk too much lately, but I'm pretty sure that's not right. Because it goes against God's word. God is not created. God is the creator of all things. Other people have claimed that God told them which outfit they need to wear, how they should cut their hair, which groceries they should buy in the store. Now, certainly, God could direct us in all of those things. And we should be seeking the Lord for not just the big stuff in our life, but in the everyday things. God wants that ongoing relationship with us. And God is active in our lives. Nothing is too small or too large for him. He could instruct you on any of those things. But we need to be careful not to attribute things to God's voice that aren't really from God. But the good news is, God didn't just speak 2,000 years ago. God didn't just reveal himself in the word then. God is speaking today. You can hear from God today. You say, I've never heard from him before. How do I know that it's God speaking? You know when you hear that still small voice. You know when you have that deep inner conviction and that peace that surpasses understanding. You know by reading the Bible. That's what we're going to talk about next week. God's primary source of speaking to us is his word. And so next week what we're going to look at is how God speaks to us through his word and how we can listen How we can tune our ears to listen to that. For many of us, this is difficult. Because we're not used to listening to God. We're not used to hearing from Him. And when He speaks, sometimes we miss what He's saying to us. I heard a story, this was about a a Native American man and his friend. They were in downtown New York City, Times Square. And they were among all the the busy hustle and bustle and traffic and everything. And the Native American man said to his friend, I hear a cricket chirping. And the man said, how? How can you hear a cricket chirping? All the the street noise, the conversations are going on, the crowds of people, the horns honking. How, How can you hear a cricket chirping? Sure enough, the Native American man walked over and he found a a flower pot. And he looked inside and he reached down and he picked up a little cricket that was chirping. His friend was amazed and said, how did you hear that? You must have supernatural hearing. 
to be able to hear that. Your ears must be far better than mine. And the Native American man, he said, no, my ears are no different than yours. It all depends on what you're listening for. The friend replied, there's just no way. There's no way I could hear a cricket in all this noise. And the man said, well, it just depends on what's important to you. Let me show you. And he reaches into his pocket and he grabs a handful of coins, tosses them up in the air. They land on the street. And all of a sudden, all the people around them, their gaze turns. They hear the coins hitting the ground and they start to pick up the quarters and the dimes and nickels and the pennies. And he says, it all depends on what you're listening for. What is really important to you is what you'll hear. What's important to us? Is it important to us to hear from God? Is it important to us that we hear from his word? That we hear what his direction is for our life today? Hebrews chapter, thir- chapter 3 verse 15 says this. As it is said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. He goes on to explain, for who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt and were led by Moses? And with whom was he, was God provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who had sinned and whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter into his rest, but those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter into his rest because of their unbelief. God is speaking to us today. But when we, when we refuse to listen... It has a negative consequence. Our hearts get hard. It becomes more and more difficult to hear the voice of God. When we're focused on other things, God's still small voice can get drowned out in our lives. Sometimes it takes a big shakeup for us to be able to hear him again. A lot of people talk about hitting rock bottom. That moment where they could not go any further and they finally gave up and turned it over to God. Maybe you're there today. Maybe that's where you are here this morning. But we don't have to wait till rock bottom to get there. We can choose today to remove those distractions. We can choose today to tune our ears to hear the voice of God. It says, today... If you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. God is speaking today, primarily through his word, but also through prayer and through his people and all of it guided by the Holy Spirit. And each one of you today can hear God speak if you will listen. So I just want to ask, what's God saying today? What's the message God has for you? What does he want you to trust him in? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you are a God who speaks to us continually. 
that you have not given up on us, that you love us, that you sent your son to die for us. And God, we, we repent this morning of the times we've ignored your voice, the times where we have failed to listen, and the times where we have hardened our hearts. God, I pray that hearts would be broken so that your healing could flow through. May we follow you as sheep follow their shepherd. May we trust in you as a young child trusts in their father. And may we grow in our love and our relationship with you and with one another. May your name be praised. And may all who come to you find life and love and every good gift. Thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.